Okay, can we get some testing? Testing, one, two, three. Testing, draw my mic. And this is Clint. And it is good to be back. Yeah, I feel like with the holidays, we've kind of been on a really weird schedule, so it's it's good That's to true. be kind of back in the group. We actually haven't recorded in over a month. Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. I feel like I've seen you like a lot, though, so it's kind of balancing out. Yeah. I, I know we've kind of announced it a little bit in the past couple of weeks, but there's a lot of really exciting stuff coming That's for exciting. the Christian culture, and we can't really say too many specifics yet but uh gordon steve and i have been meeting up a lot to make sure that stuff is ready to hopefully launch yeah like meet, pretty soon meet deadlines we've created for ourselves yeah we're yeah. just being like professional like what's going on it's weird <laughs> but yeah that's uh there's a lot of fun stuff coming up so I, th- I think we did kind of spill the beans on the the website so that is is kind of out in the open but yeah, it's looking good yeah, yeah really good since the last time I saw you, what have you been taking in? I'm sure you've been taking in a bunch during Christmas and yeah, this past <laughs> few weeks. Yeah, I, I talked about a few with Steve. All of the books that I was reading last time we talked, I've I've knocked all those out. So now I have four new ones that I'm reading, of course. Of course, uh, yeah. naturally. So the first one is kind of a free book that I got. It's like one of those online uh, e-readers kind of, but it's called Trapped. And it's basically about this village who, mm-hmm. like, hundreds of years ago, a mysterious fog, like, trapped the entire village inside. And so every year they send out three people to try and escape and see, like, what's going on. But no one's ever returned until now. Wow. And so it's kind of like the book about, like, what is the outside world like and what's going on. So it's kind of interesting. And then... uh I'm reading a couple other books, but I'll actually, I think, save those for next week because there's some exciting stuff to announce with those. Okay. Uh, that yeah. makes sense. And then while I was back for Christmas, I went to Aquaman with my little brother, Clay. So that was awesome. Very colorful. Oh, extremely. In comparison to a lot of the other DC movies, it was very, very bright. And then I've been listening to a lot of Brother Isaiah. Thank, oh, yeah. Thanks the to... Poco a Poco. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think Steve was the one who recommended that to me, but I've just been eating it up. And then I've still been listening to a lot of High Kings, the yeah. I- Irish group. And also... I think he actually made my top 18 list in the video we came out with. Oh, really? Yeah. Brother Isaiah was one of the music ones. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing that I've kind of been taking in is uh, the TV show Outlander. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which kind of just popped up. Uh, I've been like seeing it places, and then I, I looked it up, and it was all about like this lady from like just after World War II. She was like a nurse in France for the British, and when she comes back, she like reunites with her husband, and they go on like a second honeymoon to like get to know each other again. And in the process, they go to Scotland, and she gets transported back in time to like scotland in the 1700s and it's like all about her trying to 
adjust to that slash try and get back. And it's pretty cool. So I, I will say it's one of those shows that has a fantastic story, but is not for children. Oh yeah. So, uh, be even certain adults. Yeah. Depending on. Yeah. If, if, um, yeah, <laughs> if, uh, well, I shouldn't say if lust is something you struggle with, we all struggle with lust, but, uh, if it's like game of Thrones, yeah, but outlander people. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been learning a new language because of it too, right? I've been trying to. Yeah. But okay. <laughs> yeah, okay yeah, you know yeah, all about yeah. this, but yeah. So basically, um, uh, Lizzie, Gordon's girlfriend, used to be in Net Ireland. Right? Mm-hmm. So she knows some Irish. Right? Yeah. And because of this show, I started trying to learn Gaelic, like Scottish Gaelic. And I just love languages. I've never been able to master any of them, but I just love learning them. And so I told Lizzie, I was like, I'm going to learn Gaelic so we can like talk to each other. It's going to be fantastic. And so I get back from Christmas and I go up to her and I immediately start speaking in like Scottish Gaelic. And she has no idea what I'm talking about. Like clueless. I'm like, Cause then you no. say like, hi, how are you? Yeah. I, I literally just said like, hi, how are you? Like something basic that you should know. Right. And that she definitely knows. Oh, she definitely does know. Yeah. And I was like, did I like spend my entire time studying and not even get like the basic hi, how are you? Correct. And so I was like devastated and it took us probably like 20 to 30 minutes to realize like Irish Gaelic and Scottish Gaelic are a lot more different than, than we thought. And so uh, we kind of haven't gotten very far since then. <laughs> but yeah, if anyone knows Irish or Scottish Gaelic and you can uh, teach us. That'd be awesome. Yeah, do it, please. But uh, that's that's basically me. What do you got going on? What have you been taking um, in? I've been slowly watching this new series on Netflix called Death by Magic. I am extremely picky when it comes to magic shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most shows that have come out, like when I say magic shows, I don't mean like I know there's like a show called Magicians, that's like a fictional show, but like real ma- real magic shows, because most that come out on Netflix are cheesy. I either know the tricks they're doing, or most of the tricks, like ninety percent of the time, the shows are for the viewers of the show. So everyone that's in the show is in on the trick. Mm. So it's like television magic, yeah, um, which I don't like. But it's too easy to fake this is actually someone who most of his tricks, I don't know how he's, how he's doing. I don't know how he does them. And that's like rare for me. And then two, it's just a really cool concept because each show he studies a magician that's died doing a trick. Oh, wow. Um, Like the history of magicians, like famous magicians have died and then tries to reenact that trick with his own twist on it. And that's like what each episode builds up to. So far, I've only seen one trick that I knew how he did it and I didn't really care for it because there was no like actual danger in it. But other than that, it's a fantastic show. Yeah, that and, sounds really cool. Uh, I love it. Lizzie hates it because it's the kind of magic that I like to do I, or I would want to do. I love like putting myself in danger for a trick, but knowing that I'm safe. And she's like, you can't do any of this stuff. <laughs> Doing it. Let me, just let me live. <laughs> as, as you're strapping yourself into like a straight jacket and like diving into water and Lizzie's like, no. <laughs> do you watch the show uh, Fool Us by Penn and Teller? Yeah. Or have you? Yeah, I mean, I don't really watch it, but you might, uh, YouTube recommends it all the time. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. whenever it's like, oh, this person fooled this person, I'm like, I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah. that pops up on my YouTube too. Yeah. Especially, was it this summer when I was trying to learn mm-hmm. magic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that's one too, but that's not on Netflix, so 
That's true. I just watch it when it comes up on YouTube. Right. Um, another thing is I, when I was home, my dad had like this stack of comic books that he just buys. Nice. Because my dad's one of the people that like the impulsive buys at the end of the checkout like work on. <laughs> <laughs> so these are like um, at this store called Ollie's, which is near our house in Georgia, um, which is just like an oddball store. But everything's like super cheap. So each one of these comic books are like two bucks. And so he just bought like four. I think to give us gifts, but never did. So he's had these for years. And I was like, can I just borrow these? Um, and then I ended up bringing some back with me. Oh, that's awesome. Um, but I read one, which is called Luther. And it was just the story of Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor. Um, and so it's a Superman story, but only through the life of Luther, which is not something I see often. Yeah. Um, and it was really, it was pretty good. I read that on the flight back here. And I also listened to a podcast called You Made It Weird with, with Pete Holmes. I don't know if you know who Pete Holmes is, but he's a comedian. No. It's a podcast I used to listen to all the time, and I listened to it recently again, and it's I, I like it. It's called uh, You Made It Weird because he likes to get really intimate in the conversation with other comedians and other actors, so it makes it like Make weird it for them. And usually ask like three questions, like your what you were like when you were a kid, your weaknesses as now, and then what's your take on religion? He, he loves those. He thinks those things make it weird. Yeah, things that people tell us we're yeah. not supposed to ask. Right. And uh, so it's pretty good. And uh, also, just as a re- random side note, you know um, Bright Sessions? Yes, I was going to mention this too. Go you ahead. saw it? Yeah. They're playing a D&D campaign. I know. I literally, right before I came over here, I subscribed to it. So I haven't listened to... I can't find it, so you're going to have to help me out yeah. to find yeah, it. Yeah. But <laughs> So if you guys have been following us for a while, you know that when Gordon first came on the show, he started talking about a show called The Bright Sessions. It's a podcast... Um, uh, what do they call it? Audio drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like the Wolverine one I've mentioned too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's all about basically like these meta humans, kind of people with supernatural powers, basically. Mm-hmm. And it's all about this Doctor Bright who gives therapy sessions for those people, and it's all done through like her point of view for the most part. Yeah, and, and like, so yeah, 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 and with some exceptions, but. What they're doing is the people who make that are now playing a D&D Dungeons and Dragons game together and recording it. Yeah, because they're all voice actors. Yeah. Yeah. So there's another podcast I used to listen to called Alice Isn't Dead, which led me into the Bright Sessions. Yeah. And one of the actors in like the last season of Alice Isn't Dead was from Bright Sessions. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, okay. They're all like friends. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, So I'm super excited. I listened to the preview for it they have like a trailer okay which is is pretty cool cool yeah okay <laughs> i have no, no segue here yeah so un- unlike steve i'm not the master of segues i kind of just i go for it so we have had a lot of different things that you guys have requested over the past couple months mm-hmm. and we've been trying to get to some of them and we haven't been doing an awesome job so we're trying to move into doing a lot of those so Bianca, our friend from uh, Twitter and faithful listener, has requested that we do the movie The Truman Show. Mm-hmm. And so, Gordon, you said you've seen it, but it's it had been a while until it's been a last long time. Night. It was back when we had like cable as a kid. It would just come on television a lot. One yeah. of those things that you would just flip through, and it's like, oh, here's The Truman Show again. So I've seen it that way, but I haven't seen it since. So I, I watched it in preparation for this like last night yeah and that's basically the same for me i haven't seen it in probably four or five years so i went back and watched it too 
Uh, but The Truman Show is really an interesting movie. So basically the concept is we have Truman Burbank, who is played by like a young Jim Carrey. From the day of his birth, he has been part of this 24-hour TV show that's aired all over the world. And it just records his life. And everyone else in the show is an actor. Like the whole thing is just a set inside this giant dome. But Truman doesn't know. As far as he's aware, everything is just life. He's never left. He's always been there. And so what he encounters is just what he perceives to be reality. Mm. And so we start the movie with the director of the entire thing, the the mastermind behind it all. His name is Christoph. He's a really important character that we'll see throughout the, the movie as well. And he says, We've become bored with watching actors give us phony emotions, grown tired of pyrotechnics and special effects. While the world that he inhabits is in some respects counterfeit, there is nothing fake about Truman himself. No scripts, no cue cards. It isn't always Shakespeare, but it's genuine. It's a life. So from this very beginning, we get this idea that he's already admitting there's something fake about this. But when it comes to Truman, he is very much real. Mm -hmm. And so that's something to keep in mind as we go through the rest of the, the movie. So in the very first day, as we look into Truman's life, one of the lights from like the top of the dome oh, yeah. like lights the, I guess, his world just kind of falls. Like it's a set light yeah. that you'd see in like a, a movie set. And it just falls on the ground. And it, when he's driving to work that day, the radio kind of writes it off. It's a fake radio station too. Writes it off as a plane is dropping parts. And he's kind of like, oh, well, that's weird. But okay. And that's basically how things happen. There's always these things where weird things occur and they kind of just explain it away. And because he doesn't know any different, he just trust you know right and he lives in in this place it's called sea haven and it just comes off as like what people in like the 50s and 60s would call like the perfect like stereotypical town mm -hmm. you know the american dream the american dream town yeah and there's all these like fake articles and posters and magazines that say like number one place to live in the world sea haven you know, and it's all this propaganda to try and convince him that he shouldn't leave. But he always says he wants to go to Fiji. And so because of that, there's always ads on the TV and on the radio station that say, like, uh, like it's super dangerous to travel right now. Right. So make sure you don't travel. Stay where you are because it's safe. And we see that over and over and over throughout the entire thing. Uh, so... Later on, he is sitting on the beach, and he's kind of looking out at the water, and we have this flashback to him as a little boy, and he's with his dad on a sailboat, and they go out sailing, and the dad says, like, there's a storm coming, we should turn back, and Truman says, no, let's keep going for a little bit longer, and what happens is the storm knocks the dad off, mm -hmm. and he's kind of, like, taken away, you know, Um. And so he's woken back to like his reality by rain falling on him. And it's kind of funny because it's literally 
like a cartoon where there's a rain cloud just above one spot. Yeah. And so it just follows him where he's walking around and it's just falling on him alone. And so we see another glimpse past like the, the curtain where we see that, okay, there's something fake about this. Right. So already from the very beginning, we see that. And he kind of goes about his life a little bit. Um, he He's going to work the next day and he encounters this homeless man. And he turns and he looks and he recognizes that it's his dad that he had lost in the, the boating accident. And as soon as he recognizes him and he says, dad, people jump the homeless man and they like kidnap him and they drag him into a bus and take him away. And then like this tourist group or like these group of people like make a huge crowd trying to go into a building. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. all these things happen to keep them from meeting up. Yeah, and he goes to explain it to his mom and to his wife, and no one believes him because they're all in on it. They're all actors, right? And so he gets really upset, and he goes down to his basement where he has like all of these, I guess, kind of things that he's collected over the years that kind of prove that there's something something going going on. on. Mm -hmm. And you don't really get that until as the movie goes on, you see that all these have a piece. And he pulls out this sweater, and as he pulls out this sweater, he has a flashback to college, and he sees this girl and he's kind of like with his friends and he's like waving at her and they're kind of like flirting from a distance, you know, and the producers did not want him to be with that girl. And so they interjected with uh, the girl who would later become his wife. Right. And so that's kind of where they first met, but then they were kind of separated for a little bit. And then later uh, she's studying in the library. He's studying in the library And he realizes that she's over there. And so he kind of goes to her and they start talking and he asks her out and she says that she isn't supposed to talk to him. And he thinks it's just because of him being weird and it's like just an excuse, but it's really because the show doesn't want them together. So she's not allowed to talk to Truman. And so she's wearing this button. I think this is kind of funny. She's wearing a button that says, how will it end? Right. And it's a question about the show. How will the show end? But Truman responds, I ask that question all the time. Like actually thinking about like his life. So immediately after that, she says that she wants to go with him, but she can't. And so if they're going to do it, they're going to have to do it now because they'll never get a chance again. And so they run off together. Mm-hmm. They like sneak away. And rather than going on a date, they just like run and hide at the beach. Right. And once they get there, the girl, her name is Lauren. She says, there isn't much time. They are going to be here any minute. They don't want me talking to you. And he's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, who doesn't want you here? And before he can even finish that, people show up. And they are coming to like take her away. Uh, but before they do, she tells him, everyone knows everything that you do. They are pretending, Truman. Everyone is pretending. My name's not even Lauren. It's Sylvia. It's fake. It's all for you. Everyone is pretending. It's a set. Get out of here. Come and find me. And then this guy shows up and pretends to be her dad and takes her away and says, we're moving. We're going to Fiji. Yeah, so and tells now, them that she's like schizophrenic. Yeah, yeah, and that it's it's all fake, and so she's taken off the set, and we we don't see her 
in there again. And so this starts his like obsession with trying to leave and go to Fiji mm-hmm. that we see over and over and over again. So really quick up to this point, do you have any thoughts or, or comments on, on any of that stuff? Uh, I mean, I'm trying to like tie it into, I, w- I was telling Clint before we started, like the whole time I was watching it, I was like, this one's hard. Like, I'm glad you took it and not me. I loved this one. It was so did. good. Um, but the one thing I'm also, one thing I, I do think is like how easy it was to get Truman to like just trust that what he's told on like a radio or, or through like media images yeah, um, that like things are a fi- fine and like how we can take that for granted too, especially when like his world is like, we like you said, set in the fifties. So mm-hmm. they don't really have like smartphones or Facebook or other outlets for media. And if they did then I'm sure all that would have been fake and it just would have loaded up what he's intaking even more. Yeah. And it's just this blind trust where mm-hmm. he even has evidence to the contrary, but he continues to trust them. Right. Until kind of actually about this part of the movie. Yeah. Where he goes back and he remembers this girl, this girl, Lauren or Sylvia, her real name. And he starts to think, okay, there's something going on here that people don't want me to know about. Right. Almost to the question of there's something bigger than myself going on. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we know that's that's true for ourselves as well in our story. Yeah. And this is kind of seems creepy at first, uh, but he actually every day buys a fashion magazine and then rips out like different parts of the girls' faces in the fashion magazine. And then he brings it home and he uses it to piece together like a picture of, of Lauren's that he like never forgets what she looks like, basically. But he does it all from memory. Right. Which is kind of kind of creepy. Kind of sweet. Kind of sweet. Not really sure how to feel about it. But moving forward, the, the next day as he's driving to work, he's listening to the radio again and it kind of like goes staticky and then... It comes back on and he hears the communication of the producers telling the people on the set like where to stand, what to do, when Truman is turning in his car, like everything. And he's like, wait a second, someone's following me. Right. And the radio station comes back on and they're like, oh, sorry about that. That was uh, interference with the police intercoms and like write it off again. And he's really just getting super suspicious at this point. And so he actually, um, (laughs) he starts to wonder what is really going on. So he walks into traffic and he just puts his hand out and he notices that everyone just stops. Yeah. As if like everyone's focusing on him at all times. And then he goes into the building right next to where he works and he walks in and he sees people walk into an elevator and he tries to go with them. And the guards are kind of following him, but he sneaks into the elevator and there's no back to it. Yeah, there's like a lunch or snack table and headphones and boom mics. It's literally like the part of the set that you don't see when you're watching a TV show. You know, it's behind the scenes. Right. And they start panicking and they start writing it off and they're saying, oh, they're just doing like construction on that elevator, like renovating it. And he's like, no, they're not. And this is where he really starts to question things. And so the police escort him away. Um, 
So he goes and he finds his best friend, Marlon. They've been friends basically the entire show. And when he goes home after that, he's going through photo albums with his wife and and his mom. And they leave, but he stays and they make him watch his quote-unquote favorite show. And it basically says like, oh, everything's perfect. You're happy. Like, stay here. Everything's great. Stuff like that. And as he's going through the photo album, he notices that his wife when they're like saying their vows crossed her fingers and so he is like wait is this even real is my marriage even real so he has all of this confusion and so the next day he tries to talk to her about it and she's oh i can't i gotta go to work and she just like leaves and so he's like oh okay yeah i totally understand and then as soon as she leaves uh he He follows follows her her, to the hospital and we, we realize that parts of the hospital are very not real and so he walks in on like her helping with a surgery and they don't know what they're doing and so the doctor's like um scalpel <laughs> and he makes like an incision and he's like okay we're good here and like that's it uh so it's it's very much like you you can notice that it's getting really fake at this point like he's starting to break through a lot of the curtains and see mm-hmm. what's actually going on and so he goes to a travel agency and he's like, I want to flight to Fiji. And the travel agent is like trying to like stop him and stuff. And so she's like, oh, well, we can book you for like a month and a half from now. Does that work? And he's like, no, I need to go today. And she's like, oh, we don't have any openings. So he goes to the bus station and he buys a ticket. He gets on the bus and they're ready to go. And they start up the bus and the bus driver intentionally breaks the bus. And so they all have to get off. And I think it's like intentional, but at the same time, bus driver does not know how to drive a bus yes yeah and he's he's, like he says that later on too uh i don't actually know what to do because they're all actors (laughs) yeah and i think the most unrealistic part of that scene is that when the bus breaks down no one gets mad (laughs) everybody off Uh, okay (laughs) here we go Uh, everyone's super calm about it but that's not real uh so that would have been a wake-up call for me and so he goes home and when his wife gets there he's actually sitting in his car and he tells her to get in and he shows her that he's memorizing all the patterns of the actors as they walk around. And she's like, oh, that must just be a coincidence. And she tries to write it off, but he's, he, he knows at this point. And so he drives off and she's like stuck in the car and he shows her that uh, like, okay, we're going to leave. Like we're leaving this town. We're going to go leave the island they live on an island i didn't say that earlier and go see the world and she's like okay yeah let's go uh after like some convincing and as they're driving all of a sudden traffic comes to a standstill and it just appears she's like yeah maybe we should give up and so he turns around pretends like he's going home but then circles around again and now all the traffic's gone yeah he keeps going in the one of those turnabouts yeah which roundabouts. Is like the roundabout because he knows that or he, he's on the suspicion people are watching him and he's trying to be spontaneous. Yeah. And so he's like going by this roundabout, like, which which turn am I going to take? Which, which street? Which go? street? Um, trying to keep everyone on their toes. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> it, it's hilarious because he tricks him. He gets by him and then he gets to the bridge and the bridge actually, you have to like jump. And so he like makes a jump to get over the bridge. It wasn't, I don't think it was that. It was just that he's afraid of water. And so she's like, yeah, you know, you can't do this. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So he's terrified of water because of the accident with his dad. Right. And so 
he hesitates. He had once to, he gets o- to the, overcome that. Yeah. But then when he gets to the other side, he gets her to drive. He closes his eyes and floors it. He's, yeah. And she puts his hand on the wheels. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when he gets to the other side of the bridge, um, they're like, "Oh, we did it! Like we're free!" And he starts driving, and then they see a warning sign, forest fire. And then all of a sudden, fire starts like coming off of the highway, and it's just like ridiculous. And he just keeps driving and he keeps going. And then there's another warning sign that there's like an accident with a power plant power plant leakage and so they have to stop and these people in hazmat suits come out and they're like oh you guys can't be here gotta go home and as the police officer is leaving he's like he uses truman's name and truman's like i've never seen you you before how do you know who i am so he realizes like this guy's in on it too so he gets out of the car and just like starts running and they end up catching him and bringing him back and in, in the very next scene, we see him with his best friend again. And so they're kind of sitting down, and Truman's trying to explain everything that's going on. And his friend says, well, if that's all true, then I would be in on it too. And he says, the last thing I would ever do is lie to you. If everyone was in on it, then that means I was in on it too. But I'm not, because there is no it. And he says, you were right about one thing, though. And he points and like his dad's there. And so we have this introduction where his dad actually is back. And um, they have this reunion and everyone's celebrating and it's great. And the the producers, we have like a flash over to the producers who ironically, their like studio is inside the moon. Mm -hmm. Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So inside the moon, they're like overlooking everything. And the producers are all celebrating, like, oh, we fixed the problem of the dad sneaking back on the set. Because he was actually not supposed to be there. He was just, like, an actor who was written off years ago who snuck back in. So they ended up fixing that. And they're all so excited that when we go to the real-world news, they're doing this interview with the director, Kristoff. And they start asking him, like, how did all this happen? How many cameras do you have? All this stuff like that. Stuff that's not really important to our conversation. And we find out that he's been here. They've been watching Truman since before he was born. They literally had a camera in his mother's womb. And the way that they figured out, there was like five kids, I think. They chose him because he was born closest to the start date of the the show. show, And so they have like these people call in. And one thing, a few things that I want to point out is... um, Everything on this show is available for purchase. And so we see that like media and advertisements are kind of just like controlling everything. But then as, as people are calling in, Christoph says, we accept the reality of the world with which we are presented. And it's kind of like his writing off of like making like, this is okay because we just, we accept what's in front of us. And then the girl, Sylvia, who played the character Lauren, his love interest earlier on, calls in and she accuses Kristoff of being a liar and robbing Truman of a real life, which anyone who watches it hopefully would agree with that. Um, But Kristoff's response is, I've given Truman a good life. The world that you live in this sick place, talking about the real world, is not a good life. Sea Haven is the world as it should be. And so we have kind of this this lie, you mm-hmm. know, where 
it's better to have a fake life with the appearance of something good than to have a real life that sometimes sucks. Yeah. I was thinking actually, as you were explaining the scene where he finally just like, I'm going to, I'm going to go as far as I can in the car with his wife Mm -hmm. as like a scene of like spiritual battle. As when you finally have something that you know is true that you're chasing and mm-hmm. he does he has this like authentic like the fr- one person that's been authentic with him is the one person he's like or the one moment in his life he's like holding on to yes sylvia and fiji he's like whatever that is is something real truth. and i want that and he's chasing that and the whole time he's chasing it just things are getting in the way yeah that's spot on and i i really think that in reality, Sea Sea Haven is kind of just this extreme of what our world is like because we have so much fake mm-hmm. in in our world. Like, yeah, hashtag fake news, right? But it's all just kind of blown out of proportion, and so we have this kind of fake sense of freedom that he has, but in reality, he doesn't have freedom because everything that he chooses, he's choosing because of the things that are being forced around him. Right. So, does he have a choice? Yes. But the choice is being very much restricted by the producers. And so Sylvia says he isn't a performer. He's a prisoner and like accuses him again. And that's basically the end of the interview. And so we see in the very next scene that Truman fakes that he's sleeping and escapes. And he goes on the run and everyone panics. And they basically get rid of the facade of the show at this point because they realize he knows. He knows what's going on. And so they're like, uh, it's the middle of the night. And they're like, we can't see. So they're like, make it day. And so they just turn the sun on and all of a sudden like it's bright. So they completely get rid of any idea of, of that. And we see that once they find him, he's on the sailboat overcoming his fear of water and trying to escape. And so he's sailing. They try to make a storm, but he keeps going. They even knock him off. He gets back on. They knock him out. And when he wakes up, he keeps going like he is determined to find this truth at this point. He even wakes up and he's like, is that all you got? If you're going to stop me, you have to kill me. Right. He's like, I need to know what this is. And I think this is really important. Once we get to the end, we'll kind of break down this a little bit more, but he's so set on finding out what is true that he's willing to die for it. And so they intensify the storm and he just keeps going. And eventually he sails the ship right into the dome of the fake world. Yeah, it just like penetrates the yeah, wall, like which is like the wall. a blue sky with clouds. Yeah, it's just painted on. And so he gets off the boat and he walks along like the edge to some stairs. And it, it's kind of funny. Someone pointed this out when I was like looking stuff up, but he walks on water <laughs> quite literally. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, which is not exactly. Think, he's, he's not really. A I think. I think at the edge, the water's like not there, or it's yeah. like ankle deep. But yeah. But where you're looking at it, it looks from, just like yeah. It. yeah. And so, then you have that the silly cliche imagery of like stairs, which are like stairway to heaven. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so he walks up these stairs, and there's a door at the top, and it's it's the door to escape, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and before he does, Kristoff comes over like this loudspeaker, and they have this conversation. The first time they've ever talked. Yeah, ever. And so, Kristoff says, I am the creator of a TV show that gives hope and joy to millions. And we see kind of this realization in Truman's face. He's like, okay, I knew. 
I understand now. And he says, and who am I? And Kristoff responds, you are the star of the show. And Truman just says, was nothing real? And I think this is really important. Kristoff says, you were real. That's what made you so good to watch. Listen to me. There is nothing more real out there than the world that I created for you. It's the same lines, the same deceit, but in my world, you have nothing to fear. I know you better than you know yourself. You're afraid. That's why you can't leave. That's okay, Truman. I understand. I've been watching you your whole life. I was watching when you were born. I was watching when you took your first step. I watched you on your first day of school. The episode when you lost your first tooth. You can't leave, Truman. You belong here. And then we have a flashback to, or not, like a change of scenes to Sylvia, and she's like, you can do it. Like this one element of truth, believing in her. Uh, and then <laughs> this is kind of a line that Truman says throughout the entire thing, but his only response to that is he kind of looks up into the sky and he says the line that you quoted with me before. He says, in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. And takes like a one final bow. And then walks off. And that's that's basically the end. Yeah. But... What? And the best part, too, is that everyone that's been watching the show, like, starts cheering. Yeah, like, that's everyone's That's what excited. they wanted the it, entire time. It brings like, us back please to escape. The, brings us back to the button. Yeah. It's like, how's it going to end? Well, that's, that's how. how it ends. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff. I hope we're not running over time because I still have a ton of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, one thing, as I was doing research for this, I literally just want to know, like, what what is people's opinion on this? And so I was looking at different, like, Christian articles and Catholic articles, and something that really confused me is, as I was looking at some of the uh, non-Catholic kind of Protestant Christian articles, a lot of them had the idea that Christoph is this God figure. And so uh, some of them saw... Um, Truman as Adam and then Sylvia as kind of this tempting Eve, tempting him away from this perfect Eden world. Um, and I, I want to know, like, what what are your thoughts on that? Yes. Yeah, uh, this is also kind of what we kind of talked about right before he turned on the mics, but I was saying, like I said, this whole thing was hard and the only thing I got out of it, except I got like two more things now that we've, that you were telling the story again. Yeah. Was that was in that final scene when you finally made it out. I finally like, I was like, oh, okay, I, I get this. Basically, this dome and Kristoff is like Satan or a tempter. Yeah. And he's creating this false sense. You know, he's he's telling these lies and he's creating this like safe, quote unquote, place. And then the outside world is is what we're actually created for. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's actually like either heaven or the kingdom or just something beyond and um and so that the final thing was like well was nothing real and he's like you are real and you're the star like you can be everything that you want to be in my world yeah you know in in this world of brokenness which is a lie right like everything's built off of that lie um and you know it's it's like i can give you what you want but it's not true and it's really not until we step out and like the one thing that i got that you were uh, from from you tell, retelling it was the the image that he was trying to create with the magazines of of the, her face. That was like I said, 
he had this one authentic interaction in his entire life. Mm -hmm. And it was like this glimpse of the outside world, this glimpse of, okay, I'm created for, you know, the kingdom of God. I'm created for something greater. And um, I was thinking about how like in prayer sometimes or in adoration, sometimes all we get um, is like, like a voice or we get like one thing that lets us know God or know Jesus, like finally have this actual relationship and maybe we won't get anything else for the rest of our lives. Like uh, St. Mother, Mother Teresa who had mm-hmm. like that dry yeah. spell, she had a relationship with Jesus. She knew him. And so like that image of him, like building it and holding on to that um, was just him holding on to the one thing he got mm-hmm. um, until he could find, find it in the end. Yeah. So I, you know that I love like etymology and like the mm-hmm. origin of like words and stuff. And so I want to run this by you and see what you think. So Christoph is very much a like a play on the name Christ, mm-hmm. right? And so we have this fake Christ. Right. Truman, uh, literally like, true, man. true man, right? right? So we have this representation of humanity, us. And then we have Lauren, who's the Sylvia's character name, right? Lauren, the name comes from Laurel, like the tree. Okay, and then Sylvia, her real name, is also a name for trees. Okay, and so uh, Mark Shea, he's a Catholic apologist. He mentioned that this comparison is a reference, or could be a reference to the the cross, right? And so how when we cling to this one true thing, and that is our focus, like we are able to escape like these lies and uh, kind of move into something greater. He also points out that uh, the thing that Truman recognized her for wasn't the jacket. It was the beads on her wrist, right. which is uh, his reference was to the rosary. Right. And then later on, as Truman is trying to escape, we see a flash over to her where she's praying for him. And did you notice what the name of the boat was that he tries to get off? I, I did not know. S- Santa Maria, which is St. Oh, Mary. yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's trying to escape through like the intercession of this... Right. Uh, lady uh yeah so going off of this this mark shea thing uh i think when when christoph names himself as the creator of this world he's like really playing hard into this lie of who he is he says that he loves truman but like we soon realize like that's that's not real you know it's very shallow and he just wants him to stay because of what he's invested into this show. Mm-hmm. And so this is what Mark Shea says. He says, Truman is a creature made in the image of the true God who is larger than the world that the prince of his world, which is Christoph, has attempted to jail him in. And so he re- he realizes that he's bigger than what he's kind of stuck in. He has this sense of something more, something greater, kind of like our old intro to this podcast. You right. know, we have this sense that like what we are presented with is not the end goal. Right. There's something better out there, something bigger that we are, we are made for, which is God. Mm-hmm. And I think that is kind of the underlying thing for this sense of adventure, his need to go to Fiji, even more so than his desire to see Lauren. It's the sense that there's something that I need to understand. And I think you were getting to that when you were talking about clinging to that one true right. thing. And so we see this lie, we see this deceit, and then looking back to even just this piecing together of the photo, 
I think that is kind of even a reference to us trying to piece together the elements of truth that we find and take this broken world and piece together what we can find that is true and try and come up with what is reality, what what is real, and what is just being lied right. to us, you know? I think also you can see we you can see that like once he realizes everything he's like at that door he realizes like even though Kristoff might have control of the outcomes of the world that Truman actually has power over Kristoff because it's about him like Kristoff can't control Truman mm-hmm. Truman controls Truman and ultimately because of that has power over this creator of this world yeah and that's we get that even from the very first line of the movie right everything in here might be fake but truman is real right and that's kind of a play on this idea of free will where even though his options are limited he still has free will to choose but one thing i do want to point out about christoph before we move on from him is i think most of us at some point in our life have thought of God as something like Kristoff, this guy up in the sky who, who kind of controls things and we're kind of just toys that he plays with and moves things around. And I think that's a really unfortunate way of looking at God. That's, it's not the Christian Judeo Christian understanding of God at all. Right. Um, we have free will. Yes. But it's more than that too. He loves us, you know, one last thing I, I want to bring up, I know we're running way over time here, is that this movie is a spot-on representation of Plato's allegory of the cave. So if anyone's familiar with reading Plato, um, basically Plato believed that the greatest reality was truth and finding like what is true. So the more truth one realized, the closer they were realizing a greater being, essentially. So as Christians, we know that God is truth and God is not just some ultimate being, but he's actually being itself. Mm. So he is the greatest reality. Mm-hmm. So God is reality and truth. So basically the way allegory of the cave works is there's people chained in a cave looking at the wall on the opposite side of the hole, like entry into the into the cave. And they're looking at shadows that are made from basically like people doing finger puppets with a fire up at the right. entry of the cave. And so what they see is black and white and these shadow animals are basically the greatest reality or truth that these people know because they've been in this cave their entire life. This is all they've ever seen. So let's pretend it's a rabbit, you know, because those are easy to do. So the shadow of that rabbit, the hand rabbit, is the most real rabbit these people know. But the idea of the allegory of the cave is that somebody escapes one of them gets out and now they see the person making the hand puppet and now they're like oh okay that makes sense that's where it came from that is the most real rabbit that i've ever seen but we know even that's not true you know and so eventually let's say they start going out and they wander throughout the world and they actually encounter a rabbit now they know oh this is the most real rabbit i've ever seen right and so we see that Uh, A lot of the times what we perceive as the most real thing, just because we perceive it doesn't mean that there's not something more real, more real, right? Which is God, right? Mm -hmm. 
And so as he goes further, this person would encounter color for the first time. It would encounter other beings for the first time, um, other animals. Like I said, the real rabbit, the, the fire and the heat that comes from that, the sun even. And all these things would change who they are. And so that's very much Truman, right? So Truman, for the majority of the movie, is chained to the wall looking at the shadow puppets. And it's not until the end of the movie does he become kind of the guy who's just first escaping the cave, you know, and he's starting to realize there's something more out there. Right. And I think that's us with our faith, too. Mm -hmm. We have this idea of who God is. Like I said, I'm guilty of when I was younger, I thought God was the guy in the sky playing with toys, you know. But as we begun to realize what is true we start to see God as something more than that. Yeah. And uh, I know we're running out of time, but uh, I, I challenge you guys, and maybe this is the challenge, to look into that. What What is true? Uh, I challenge you to go look at the allegory of the cave. Go read that. It's, it's not long or hard or anything. Just go check it out. And what do you know to be true about God? What are you absolutely positive of? Um, and maybe share that with someone. Maybe that's my challenge for this week. Cool. That's a good one. Uh, do you have any shout outs? Um, yeah, I do. I was just checking out our page and I'm sure these are overdue, but shout out to just some, some listeners that have been liking some old, old stuff, some yeah. new stuff. Uh, yeah. listener Cha R. Cha R. Yeah. That's just first and last C H A A R. So, um, she liked our, we are broken people, and I think some other other ones as well. Oh, so it's cool. actually going through the old ones. Um, Seabreeze, I know she's liked things in the past, yeah. but she just liked a whole bunch again. Um, and Jamie Hoover. Okay. So I just wanted to shout them out. Thank you guys for yeah. listening. Um, Thanks for the support. Yeah, it's 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 been it's been fun. And then Steve Sherman, he just started following us. <laughs> yes, Steve's finally listening to episodes. When he gets to this one, he's going to be so mad. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? Uh, I want to give a shout out to Bianca for requesting this one. Sorry it's taken us so long to get to it, Uh, but it was fun to do. Hopefully, hopefully you guys got a lot out of it too. And then I want to give some shout outs to some of my friends back in Iowa. So uh, shout out to the Evitts. So I got to hang out with them. Big supporters of of our show and everything that, that we do. And then also my friends, Sarah and Tia. Um, they helped me when I was in a little bit of trouble while I was back. Uh, I don't think we have time, so maybe I'll share it next week. But uh, I had some car trouble, and they, they were there for me. So stay tuned for next week when you get to hear a crazy story. But, that's uh, all I got. Other than that, thanks for joining us on the adventure this week. and uh, Stay tuned for some announcements. Yeah. Keep, uh, keep your eyes, eyes out. Yes. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. just like as soon as the line was in the set of the movie i was like that's it that's it's the name of the podcast what is it the only why the only why yeah